Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Bruce Irving, with you for another episode of the podcast. Today, Danny and Mark from Square Pie Guys are joining me. They have a cool thing that they're doing for Pepperoni Pizza Day. It's called the Pepperoni Posse. Pepperoni Posse. That's the name of it. We just got off the call. This is an episode we just recorded, but we're going out right now. We talk about what the Pepperoni Posse is, what they're doing to give back to the local communities in their area, and what you can do as well to join this great cause for Pepperoni Pizza Day, which is September 20th, which is Monday, if you're listening to this when it comes out, or if you're listening to this in the future, go to pepperoniposse.com because they're probably going to be doing this in the future. Get involved, give back to your local community, and it also gives you a great way to market Pepperoni Pizza Day other than the just regular old boring way. It's, hey, it's Pepperoni Pizza Day, order Pepperoni Pizza. Makes you have something to say that's interesting and something that the local community can get behind. So I think you're going to enjoy this episode as well. We also talk about growth. We talk about what they're doing with Instagram because if you follow them on Instagram, they have 30,000 plus followers on Instagram and they do a really good job of content creation. And we talk about a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Why, how they're using third-party deliveries, all that good stuff on this episode of the podcast. You're going to like it. I promise you. This is going to be a good episode. It was very fun talking to Danny and Mark. You will enjoy this episode. But first, I do have to say thank you to the show sponsors for today, which is... If you're looking for consistent quality and superior fresh tomato flavor, check out Stanislaus Food Products. Real Italian values guide this family-owned company. Values like work hard, never cut corners, always do your best, and keep your word. They know consistent flavor and quality is crucial to great food. That's why they work so hard to provide you with the freshest tomato flavor can after can. You can follow them on Instagram at Stanislaus Tomatoes for weekly business building ideas from other successful pizzerias. And I have to say over the past few months, I've been using Stanislaus products in my pizzas that you see over on Instagram that I'm making at home. And I'm very happy with the results. I love this food product and I am very picky about who we suggest you use here on the podcast. So if you hear them on the podcast, you know, I endorse them. I use them. I enjoy them. So if you're listening to this, go check them out on Instagram at Stanislaus Tomatoes. You will not regret it. Thank you to Stanislaus for joining us on the podcast and helping us support the podcast and making this great show (laughs) this great show that I think is great for you here that you're listening to right now. Also, the lab is open, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash lab. If you want some help with your marketing, if you want some ideas, some inspiration, we also have tutorial videos, all of our Pizza Summit videos all available on there for you as well, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash lab. All right, that is enough for me. Let's get into today's podcast with the Square Pie Guys. All right, welcome back to the live. podcast live with Danny and Mark from Square Pie Guys. How are you guys? What's up? Thanks for having us back. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a while. When did you guys, do you remember when you came on the podcast for first? I remember it was a couple, was it a couple years ago? It was 2019. Jesus. I think we were, March. were we three months in. It was March. I think it was March or maybe it was, uh, maybe it was like May, maybe May. It was like right, right when we were doing like, we had, we hired a PR firm at that point to help us launch you know, with some buzz and it was right in between, I think some of those press meals, we were sitting in the front there. Yeah. I remember that was crazy. Was that right? that or no, we, we'd been open. We were open. We were open. Time goes by quick. That's for sure. Huh? It feels like it wasn't that yeah. long ago, but wow, you guys have been crushing it. You're doing some cool stuff. So give us an update. How's everything going for you guys the last couple of years? I know obviously 2020 was tough for everybody. How did you guys survive that? Uh, you know, I mean, I think 2020 was a hard year for everyone for a lot of reasons. Um, but from a business perspective, we've we've been okay. I think 
Mark and I feel very fortunate that we were able to stay open and we actually opened a second, a second shop this year. So oh, congrats. Um, thank you. Yeah. Your pizza, know, Mark, your pizza travels pretty well too. I feel bad for a few like Neapolitan spots who relied on people actually coming in and sitting down and enjoying the experience. And that pizza just doesn't travel well. Yours travels really well, which you're lucky for. It holds heat. Sometimes you yeah. get crispiness on the bottom, even when after 10 minutes, 20 minutes in a box. So yeah, we were fortunate in that regard. <clears throat> Big time. So what are you guys up to now? Um, We are trying to continue to like you know keep doing what we've been doing um you know i think we there's still despite having a, a comparatively solid year in given the conditions there's still things that we're all facing you know price increases on products and supplies talent shortages things like that so we're trying to continue kind of what our goal was which was to to grow this to like you know three to five stores and uh, five to six year window and do that with all the challenges that are ahead of us. So just trying to get creative, figure it all out. Your first shop is in San Francisco, right? Like your original one that you opened. Where's That's the right. second one? Is it in San Francisco as well? Is it Oakland? Oakland. Okay. How far from the first one is the second one? About 15. How well, how well can you swim? Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I can <laughs> it's, swim it's, short bursts. It's a, uh, it's right on. It's right on the other side of the bridge. So Mark and I both live in Oakland, and I think to drive to our Oakland shop is about a nine, nine, ten minute drive. And with no traffic, if you hit all the lights to get to Oakland or to get to Soma, it's about eighteen minutes. So, not that far apart. Caveat being with no traffic, which, as COVID sort of hopefully ramps down, is less true. Right. Um, but we actually originally our 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 plan always was to open in Oakland first, with sort of like a beer garden. Uh, very focused on kind of like outdoor dining, which there are a couple spots that when we were looking again, were not available and then COVID hit and totally would have been perfect. But we found this awesome location um, and we were just, we just happened to stumble upon our summer location and it worked really well for what we were trying to do. So we ended up going there, but from day one, it was supposed to be East Bay first and then San Francisco. So you swapped it. We swapped it. Yeah. This is the same menu, same kind of restaurant. Everything's the same. Yeah, a couple changes, but nothing drastic. We got a liquor license with Oakland, which was amazing. Um, and I don't know, Mark, if you want to talk about how we're still takeout and delivery only, so we're not really getting to use it that much. But yeah, yeah, we we haven't opened, so I think uh, it is the same concept to answer like very directly. Same concept, same style of, of pizza. We when we launch new menu items, they happen in both stores, so we're trying to build that cadence system wide and do that as a system um the cocktail thing is challenging right like we have cocktails we originally designed them to be batch cocktails to go out the door um we really haven't we haven't found like the this like the the big hit with one with one of those yet there's a couple there's a margarita that that sells comparatively well but um when you think about liquor licenses or liquor sales as a food business or a restaurant there's a good margin there and right. we haven't really unlocked it in this sort of setup that we have. Are you allowed to do like delivery or takeout for alcohol beverages? Yes. Mm -hmm. what is, is that coming to an end or do they have, is it just like for the foreseeable future you're able to do that? So cocktails are supposed to come to an end at the end of the year. 
Um, both of our stores for beer and wine have an off-premise designation, so we can still sell closed closed containers to go and for delivery. Um, and I think some of the restaurant groups in California are lobbying to extend that because to-go cocktails are an incredible opportunity if you can nail the price point and the value proposition. Yeah. Which, to Mark's point, I think we're sort of still working through. Um, but you know, money is money, and delivery certainly can make you a lot of money. So we like it. Do you guys use any of the third-party deliveries, or do you have your own? All, all third-party. Um, Mark negotiated an incredible deal with uh, an exclusive partner, so our percentage commission rate's always been pretty pretty stellar, and we just continued to leverage that partnership, and it's been pretty successful for which, us. Which one is it? Originally, it was Caviar. Okay. And then Caviar was acquired by DoorDash, and we our deal was sort of grandfathered in, and, I mean, at time, we, you know, we right place, right time kind of thing yeah. when, they, when they acquired caviar. Cause as that happened, our volume on the caviar app was really picking up. Um, and so I think it was a pretty easy sell internally for caviar to be like, Hey, you know, keep the square pie guys on a good deal. Let's keep working with them. So that just got, we got lucky. I would say but just with the timing of when the acquisition happened to sort yeah. of be grandfathered in with that, that same, uh, agreement we have that's nice uh, did, did california too like put a cap on how much the delivery fees could charge is that still there or is it gone it's still here um i'm pretty sure danny checked me on this one but i'm pretty sure they just made it permanent i think at least in san francisco i'm not sure if in Oakland it's the same but that's good <clears throat> they made it permanent in san francisco and then the companies decided they would sue so we'll see <laughs> We'll yes. see what happens. Yeah. I think I read an article today that DoorDash is suing some in New York somewhere that York. they're given yeah. like the data yeah. away that the, the restaurant gave the data to DoorDash and now DoorDash is suing that the data was their data was given away. It's crazy. It's crazy how these companies work. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, they uh look you give not maybe not the most popular take, but give some credit. They built a lot of technology and proprietary technology for lack of a better term oh no no doubt no doubt about that they did a tremendous job of like building attention right like they have a lot of people who go there even my kids like my kids even though i do what i do and i talk about they still that's the place they go to like if they look for a delivery they go there first and look what's there versus going directly to the website like they may go to the website directly to the restaurant after but they look like the yellow page is on doordash yes right it's the new yelp yeah and similarly probably a polarizing technology partner to Yelp. Yeah, I mean, listen, doing this podcast, I've learned a lot, and I've learned that, like, there's no set way you can look at any of those things. I've had people on the podcast who love DoorDash, like Mike Bausch, right? Like, Mike Bausch loves it. He's very much of an advocate of DoorDash, the delivery service part of it. I've had people on this podcast who hate DoorDash and, like, hate third-party deliveries. And the same thing with Yelp. Some people love it, and some people use it to their advantage, and they have and they leverage it. I think it depends on like where you're located, and you know what kind of business you have, and obviously how big your business is. Obviously, the bigger your business is, the more leverage you have. Yeah, right. Against those tech companies, and and even then, I mean, we're not a big business compared to DoorDash. We're certainly like in some ways a bigger business than maybe a, like a mom and hop, mom right. and pop neighborhood pizzeria. Um, but we, you know, so we've, we've sometimes felt like we did have sway and other times we felt like we had no sway whatsoever. Um, 
I, I, I one time guessed the CEO's email address, which is literally just Tony at DoorDash.com. And every now and then, if our account manager is pissing us off, I'll CC him. And we get a response right away. And nice. she's like, never CC Tony again. I'm like, okay, well, listen to us. Um, Tony is the, isn't Tony the founder? Isn't he the guy who came up with DoorDash? Yes, he's the founder and CEO. And famously, after a really awful experience from a guest perspective, which is, the sort of dark side for DoorDash is like you have little control over the guest experience. So COVID hit and they started having crazy driver shortages and their servers started short circuiting because they literally weren't prepared for the volume that it was coming through the system. And we had a night where like 200 orders got ordered through our kitchen, completed. And the because we use like an order injector, like no one on our team enters it. It just gets it flows directly to our system. Yeah. We were guaranteed to get paid for it, but 200 people didn't get orders. Like, Ooh. literally, it was a crazy fucking night. It was, like, one of our busiest nights ever, and no one got their food. Like, DoorDash kept pushing the order window out and out and out and then just canceled it. And the amount of, like, things we – like, I so I, I was really upset. And, like, we wanted to refund these people, and we wanted to, like, let them know, like, we're really sorry. It's DoorDash's fault, but we don't control the data. And so what I did was I LinkedIn messaged Tony and I was like, Hey, I don't know if you know this, but there is a big problem and fully expecting nothing to happen. And the next day our account manager's boss's boss called me and then eventually called Mark and was like, Hey, like, we're really sorry. Tony told us to fix this. So wow. I will say that did work. And I don't think it's cause it was square pie guys. I think he was just bored on LinkedIn and it popped up at the right time. But, um, in general, no, they they don't really give a crap. <laughs> but, you, but you never know. That's a good that's a good strategy. Like you never know if it's gonna hit his email right as he's opening yeah. his email. You never know like how he's gonna be doing that. That's smart. I mean, is he still like active in the company? Is he still like the CEO, or is he more of a the kind of like the guy behind the scenes? I think he's pretty involved. I mean, I don't know that they're profitable, so I think he's like trying to stick around until they figure that out. That's 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 my take. I don't know, Mark. Do you know? I don't. I thought they they went public last year. Um, they did, but it doesn't mean they're profitable. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I view him as more of a frontman. I think. I think any, for the most part, like you know Zuckerberg, any of these guys that once a company gets to a certain level, they kind of just become frontmen. Yeah. This is opinion. This is yeah. You know, but yeah. that's kind of how I how I see it. I mean, I'm sure they're involved in in some decisions, and I'm sure there are things that filter up to them 100. percent But I don't think that they're in the weeds every day, like the way they maybe used to be. Um, but I think a good takeaway there from what Danny's saying is shoot your shot. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, true. I think a good takeaway there is do any, if you want to get anybody's email, use their first name and then the company at the company, no matter <laughs> yeah. who it is, you can or, probably or find, like find somebody. Name, dot last name or, yeah. you know, initial, like you, there, there's like four key combos that we've all seen. You're probably gonna get one of them right. So I'm thinking of like me, like Bruce at smartpeatsmarketing.com. Like that's my email. Dang, I gotta change that thing now. <laughs> Don't do Bruce Start Irving because it's not any more subtle. So they will figure that out. <laughs> uh, so you guys are doing this. I think the reason we were kind of connected again is you guys are doing this pepperoni posse thing. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think along the lines of um, everything we talked about this year and all the context for, for pizzerias. I think one thing that I've seen is pizza places still kept their kind of, um, at least on Instagram and, and through conversations, kept the vibe of helping each other and discussing strategies and working together, listening to podcasts like yours and like kind of staying connected to the pizza community 
And so pepperoni day kind of come around the corner and looking at what we normally would have done the past two years, which was like, you know, crazy cheese pull Instagram post and a big discount to the customers, which we love doing. I think, you know, our guests really appreciate it. We wanted to do something a little different, um, especially given that so many people have struggled this year and, you know, one, one in four folks in the Bay area uh, are, are looking for a meal or, or are hungry. And we wanted to kind of put all those things in one place. So Danny and I had this idea to just shoot our shot reach out to all of our our buddies and i mean really it's basically like our list of pizzerias that we wish we could visit all the time yep um that are local and just say hey like we'd love to kind of form this group see if we can get everyone together do a big marketing push to, to raise awareness for food insecurity and on that day on pepperoni pizza day which is monday the 20th um some folks aren't open monday so they're doing like saturday or sunday but we're all do donating a certain percentage of sale sales from each of these restaurants to an organization fighting hunger in their in their local community or in the Bay Area. That's cool. I think you and I talked, Mark, about that before we got uh, a, a day or two ago. But like, this is a great way to leverage Pepperoni Pizza Day, which most people probably don't know about or care about, other than yeah. other than pizzerias like having something to post that day because they have an idea because it is Pepperoni Pizza Day. It's a good way to like leverage that for good. Hundred percent, and just kind of change, flip the script on on how it normally goes, and and get get some awareness. I mean, I think everyone involved is grateful to get the mentions and to and to get recognition, and then the the nonprofits are just really thrilled. I mean, most of the ones we've spoken to are like, "Wow, I can't believe you guys are doing that." So, um, people people need it, and uh, just checks all the boxes. I think. So, if there's anybody listening to this, like, is there somewhere where they go to like get organized, or can they just do it on their own? Um, we, we, we bought a domain, pepperoniposse.com. Good domain. Out. Yeah. It, Is it easy. Mark at pepperoniposse.com? I will not tell you the email. That okay. I have. <laughs> it's Tony <clears throat> at slash pepperoni. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, no, it's pepperoniposse.com. And it's cool. I mean, since we started kind of talking about this, posting, you know, I think there's 15 pizzerias involved now. I just got an, another guy in Portland, 24th street of meatballs which frankly I'd never heard of, but they, they reached out to us to like, can we join? How'd they find you? Just on the Instagram? Instagram. I just sound like an 80 year old guy. I said on the Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah. Did they send you an Instagram mail? <laughs> yeah. They reached out and we're like, yeah, you're in. And we're hoping that this could be the start of something a bit bigger. And, you know, I, I was talking to some folks in New York who I'm friendly with and they are like, yeah, we're, we're in, we're getting involved. And we just kind of didn't follow up and didn't hear from them. But I, I'd love to get them on on the on the posse for future future events and things like this. I think this is what people in the pizza industry forever have talked about, like combining forces and like doing things together, whether that be like for purchasing power or for events like this. But it never really comes together for some reason. I feel like the last few years there has been more collaboration with other pizzerias together than there ever has before, which is a good sign for independent owners for sure. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, look at the Slice app. I mean, they yeah. they're trying to do that for for folks. Um, I know, you know, we're all in this in this boat together at different levels. We have we have folks in the posse that are pop ups. Like you know, Danny and I started as a pop up with two rock box ovens and a couple of like 120 volt convection ovens that we put on a on a table and had this janky process of making Detroit style pizza between the two ovens. But point being, you know, that's there are folks 
that are at that level. And there are folks that have five, six locations here in the Bay that have been around for 20 years. So. By the way, you guys were way ahead of the curve on that because there's been like 100 places who did it in 2020 now. Like that's how a lot of places started. They just started with pop-ups and they've grown yeah. that into brick and mortar. <clears throat> kind of like what you guys did before. You guys were like the the OGs of that. I, I like I like to hear that. I mean, I like to think we might be, but um, I'm trying to remember exactly who... I think it was that guy in uh, in England. This guy peddling pizzas. Yeah, he does. He does. He's been doing it forever too. Yeah, he's the one who I kind of was like, "Oh, that's a good idea." Yeah, and, I've, I've must have interviewed at least a dozen people in the last year and a half for people who have started that way. Like they just have a couple unis or a couple of rock boxes, and they're just yeah. doing pop ups, which is super cool because they're doing what they love to do, and like that's what life's about. Agreed. It's also it's like a really great way to figure out. A, if you want to make that style of pizza, and B, if people are going to like your pizza. Yeah. Because it's a lot easier to open a restaurant after people have been like, yeah, that's great, versus your first shop, you know. You're like, I mean, people like pizza in general, but if you don't know how to kind of tweak it to what people want, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah, and like the unis and rock boxes make it so affordable now for you to be able to do that before. I mean, I don't know what a, you know, before those came out, they've been around for a while, but, you know, for three to $500, you can get an oven and serve you know, a pizzas on in, in, in a pop up somewhere very easily. Ten years ago, it was way hard to do that. Right. Definitely. You need like building it. Yeah. You need to have like a mobile thing on a yeah. trailer, or like a, a a deck oven that needs like commercial electrical. You can't bring that thing and it weighs like three hundred pounds. You can't bring that thing anywhere. So. Right. Or like build like a weird brick oven on site. Hope it doesn't catch fire. <laughs> Actually, that sounds kind of fun. I know that what sounds sound like yeah. fun. I've been thinking about doing that. Lately. Did you guys start with the rock box, like with the Detroit style pizza? Yeah. So, I mean, the story, I was doing it on my own as like pizza man for 20. And it was, it was like this. I was tired of my other career. Yeah. I wanted to do something I loved. I started at home and then Danny and I uh, met through my friend who was worked with Danny at his last company. Um, and long story short, we, we saw this opportunity for Detroit style and then Danny, being the operational and like chefy wizard that he is, helped put together this crazy process with the Detroit pans in the rock box. And at one point, we had used these like uh, Lloyd pans has like a metal lid, lid and yeah, in the rock box so the top wouldn't burn. And then like two pop ups later, we realized they're all like melting, and we're like, oh, we can't, we can't use these. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was a stack this thick, and I pulled it out, and I was like, why is the corner look like that? It's fucking. Like molten aluminum, like didn't get on the pizza, but it's kind of intense. That must have been so. Like thinking about it now, of how much work it is for like in a regular a regular crust pizza in a uni. Like it must have been so much work to do a Detroit style pizza in there. It will, well, Danny, talk was, about you did something pretty cool. I would say. I mean, it was fun. So what the last version we had was Mark has a friend whose parents own a restaurant supply store, and then my last job, I had access to a fair amount of vendors. So we got like three pizza, like like tabletop catering ovens that don't get enough heat because they're only 120 volt. And so we would start the pan in there and like all the ovens would be like cranked to like whatever top temperature they went to. Wouldn't hold temp at all because we'd have like eight pies in there. <laughs> that would be enough heat to get them to start to rise and the bottom to set in the in the oven. And then once the edge set, we'd put it into the uni or the rock box and just kind of rotate it as needed, only getting the top heat and kind of trying to tease it so the pan heated up enough to finalize the crisp on the bottom then we like pull it out and rest it but there's a there's a picture of a six by eight that we did at our uh our nina a nina pop-up that for like nine months after we opened was still our favorite pepperoni pizza picture we'd ever taken 
I don't know, Mark, if you 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 know what I'm talking about. I can send it to Bruce. I think I I think I reposted it recently. Is it on your Instagram? Uh, it's definitely on the it's, Instagram. It is some point. Yeah, it's deep in there. But let me see if I can send it to you. But yeah, the hardest thing with the Rockbox is all of their heat is top, yeah. and they're and that that stone deck really doesn't hold heat that well unless you keep it closed and crank it for like hours. So we were just hitting it with pies. So. Uh, it was pretty fun. I'm, we, amazed uh, at, I'm amazed at hearing that story that after all that, you guys actually opened a pizzeria. <laughs> I feel like this <laughs> well, is too much work. Well, oh, the other thing <laughs> is at, at our, our, like, as our, at our residency, because we did a, a, a Thursday, Friday night pop-up at Vinyl Wine Bar, they had an old, um, like, four-deck Baker's Pride slice reheat, like, countertop, like, not rated for baking pies. Like, it got that hot, but it's like a reheat oven. And we would cook the pies in there. It could fit 16 at once. Uh, you'd have to start at the top, rotate it down to the bottom deck. Because that's how, like, the process we built out. And then they had a knockoff Subway Turbo Chef. Like, you know, like a microwave plus high-speed convection <laughs> oven next to it. And so we'd, like, pull the pie out of that deck and just had the, the like, convection oven on preheat mode. And we just throw the pizza in there for, like, 15 seconds to crisp the top. Then we pull that out and rest it. So... When we went to our new space, we sort of tried to replicate that, but only in one oven instead of two, <laughs> two crazy janky ovens. So. Wow. Do you guys fun. only sell Detroit-style pizza? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, if you go to the Instagram, uh, Square Pie Guys on Instagram, let me see if I can share your Instagram here if you're watching this video. Is it all right if I share your Instagram? Yes, and share the yeah, yeah. video's email. Yeah. <laughs> Pull it up here. You can also email info at, and you might get people. Here it is, right <laughs> here. This is your Instagram. Uh, if you go to the Square Pie guys on Instagram, you can see their pies look phenomenal on Instagram for sure. I mean, I haven't been out there, so I don't know what they taste like. But if they taste half as good as they look, you guys are doing a pretty good, damn good job over there. <laughs> is this the one you're talking about by a chance, the pepperoni one? No, that's another good one, which. Uh... We got a couple of reposts on that one by some some big like Instagram pages. Yeah, that's out of our current oven. It's way back. I'll, I'll send it to you, Bruce. All right, send it to me, thing. and I'll add it to the show notes for this episode of the show. Yeah, if you guys are, but I you think what's interesting that. about about that whole conversation still with these pop ups is like, and I, I you know I, I I assume it might have changed now, but maybe it didn't. If you're in a good climate and there's a lot of outdoor stuff, but there were so many bars back in 2017 yeah. to 20 you know 19 until we got the brick and mortar up and going that just wanted a food vendor there and at least here you know the health department and whatnot i mean i think they they actually cracked down in a big way on pop-ups in the pandemic at least in our in our area but, in alameda but the, those were generally pop-ups not at restaurants those right, are right like houses street side and stuff like that yeah but yeah i mean long story short like you, you can email a bunch of breweries and just hey what what do you have a, a day where you need a food vendor and if they have a rock box or a uni like to your point I'm pretty sure you can show up there and just make it happen. Yeah, at least even just try out your recipe if you ever did want to open up a pizzeria or do some catering or something like that where you can get a license and share a kitchen with someone just for the license itself and be able to do that and test things out. It's way easier to test it out now than it was way back then. Hey, the other thing I want to ask you, this on your Instagram, you just did a collaboration with um, a pretty big influencer, right? Yes, Samin Nostrats. Yes, and I'm I'm ashamed to say I didn't know who that was until I went on your Instagram and then I looked up and she does like a travel show. Yes, well, she is a chef. She worked at Chez Panisse here in Berkeley, and then she kind of turned her career into like a food writer for the New York Times. Yeah. 
and then launched his cookbook that won a James Beard Award. That's cool. Called Fat Acid Heat. And in my previous career, I was like, by some twist of fate, worked with her her brother. And then we opened the Oakland location. Uh, we saw that she followed us on Instagram. And we had been lucky enough uh, to have a collaboration with the NBA player, Jeremy Lin. Okay. In, in the winter of this past year. And it went really well. And he's Jeremy Former Lin's New pretty- York Nick, Jeremy Lin? Former New York Nick, Jeremy Lin. Former Toronto Raptor, Golden State Warrior. But... Home, home, homegrown uh, guy from Palo Alto here in, in the Bay Area, and so he has a huge following here and you know nationally for everything he's done. So he came in and whatever we we got in touch with him. We kept trying to change his his art. kept trying to modify our, our pizzas, which in a kind of a unique way we don't really let anyone customize things on yeah. our menu. So we're like, I like I emailed him to be like, hey, like you you are Jeremy Lin, like if you want to like, email ahead. <laughs> And then I was like, would you ever want your own pizza? And it just kind of became this cool thing. So that was a successful collaboration. And then when Samin followed us on Instagram, I was sitting in this office like next to Danny. I was like, yo, Samin just followed us. And we had this chat. We're like, oh, let's just reach out. And we did. I, I sent her a DM. Shoot your shot. We shot our shot. Yeah. yeah I, I shot. I sent her a direct message. And then I texted her brother. And I was like, hey, like, I haven't spoke to you in a couple of years. But you know, tell your sister to check her DM. And, and then like five minutes later... Got a message back and she was like i'd love to work with you guys i love your pizza it's first time and like mean to try it you open in oakland so that's fantastic it all worked out really well and that's another one like we're raising um money for an organization called cofed um and they're they're incredible so it's just it's like it really cool to be able to put these things together and make a great pizza make a great product that people love work with someone who people really admire and, and give back to folks that are working towards changing the world in a better I love way. It. Is Instagram like your number one marketing platform for like online or social media for sure? I, I'd say so. I mean, I think there's, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I'd say that we're a little worried sometimes that it's really not too much, um, but it's worked out really well so far. Do you guys do anything on TikTok or anything like that? Um, we're working on that. We One of our employees is really solid at TikTok. Yeah. Um, it has a good sort of scope for how it should work. Um, we have a reel now on our Instagram page that just eclipsed 160,000 views, which is mind blowing to us. And by far, which one? Way, we did something crazy. We dropped, we did like a cheese drop off our second level of our uh, restaurant in Soma onto a plate of fries because it was National French Fry Day. So we did like, <laughs> sometimes we do wacky stuff just, just to get the attention on Instagram. Yeah. And it works. Um, and, you know, I think there's there's something here we're still tri- figuring out because sometimes people are like, do you sell that? Or they're like, why would you do that before you, you sell that? And, like, I think, at least to me, it feels pretty clear that we're doing a gag. <laughs> right. But I guess some folks want to believe that that's not a gag or I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I happened. think some people are just are very literal about like what you're doing on there. And if they see yeah. it on your page, they think that you're giving it to a customer, even though obvi- it's obvious that you're not going to drop a customer's cheese off a pizza from a second story <laughs> onto a, a box of fries. But I don't know if people understand that a little bit. So, but I mean, also, yeah. would you want that? Like who, what guest is like, please like let's risk hair on my food. We, we <laughs> did know. one we did one for National Cheese Day where we took a cheese pizza and then like did like a fake raclette onto another cheese pizza. And this week we just got an email from some guy who's like, "Can you please make that a real thing? Like I want to taste it." And <laughs> so 
but it's fun. I mean, those are fun. And those are fun emails to get. Those are fun interactions to have. Like, we just want to spark the conversation. Yeah. I mean, listen, at least you know you're doing, like, it's working because people are noticing it. And that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're working on, we've been playing with text message marketing for a while now. I think we're trying to, to hit our stride with that. Um, and then email's always there. Yeah. It depends. I think it's it's the cohesive strategy of you send the email, you send the text, you make the post. We've I think the past two months, we've gotten pretty good at saying like, hey, this week we're focusing on this promotion or this pizza or this initiative, and then every effort for that seven day window is is content and messaging focused on that. So it it you know it's hard to miss. Yeah, I think you guys do a good job, especially on Instagram. I don't, I'm not on your email list or your text messages, but Instagram for sure you do a good job. But I understand your point about feeling like you're all in on one platform. And if that platform goes away, because it's possible, um, you know, you, you feel a little vulnerable. But I don't think Instagram's going anywhere anytime soon. It may not have the same reach it did for, for a couple of years ago, but I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't think so either. I mean, yeah. there's a, a lot of conversation about, you know, we get pitched, some, some folks will pitch us as marketing experts for restaurants, and they're like, use Facebook. And I think Facebook in its previous glory is kind of done. Yeah. Um, it's but, also, it might not be our target demographic. You see, we would target through Facebook, like Facebook might work for a lot of restaurants, yeah. but potentially like the folks that were winning over Instagram or TikTok are a faster way to get to them. I think it um, really very much depends on like where you're located, right. And who your audience is. You're right on that. Like you, you I bet you for San Francisco, Oakland area, TikTok, Instagram is, where most of your clientele will probably spend their time. Yeah. yeah. But, and we're also, it's not like, like someone looks at a pizza and is like, I'm buying square pie guys. You know, Instagram is just a way to continue to keep us in people's eyes and minds and stomachs. If it's dinner time, you know, we're not like actively converting folks from a, a post. Sometimes right. it's happened, but it's more just that overall brand awareness and like building that excitement and Mark and his team have done an incredible job of continuing to do that. Yeah. I think like my, I have a 20 year old daughter and a 19 year old daughter and a 15 year old daughter. And they look at Instagram for like research, right? Like they may know square pie guys, but then they're going to go to your Instagram to kind of see, all right, what can I order from them? Like, what am I going to order mm -hmm. from them if I do go there? So it may not be the place where they find you, but it's definitely the place where they kind of research you and figure out what they're going to order. I think it's a legitimizer too. Same thing as yeah. Yelp. Like if you look up a restaurant and they have like one Yelp review and it's, even if it's five stars, it's kind of like suspect. Or if you go to their yeah. IG page and they have like 200 followers, I mean, no, no shame on that. But when you see that Square Pie Guys has X number of followers, I think it's like, oh yeah, like they're they're in, there's intention there, like they're paying attention and they're showing up. So. Definitely, definitely, it, it it's all relative too, right? Like it depends on if you have 200 followers, but you're just starting, people will give you cut you a little slack. But if you've been in doing it for a while and you can tell too, because if you have 200 followers and you've been doing Instagram for like a year, your photos probably suck. <laughs> You're probably yeah. not that good at Instagram. We should probably get some help yeah. on that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's not easy. I mean, to the point of like this little fear that we carry, if it's going to change, the algorithm is always changing. Totally. Right? So, uh, it's something you have to keep ahead of. And I was going to say that that one reel that just blew up, like we, we posted like a week ago, by far our best one, we put it on TikTok and it has like 20 views on TikTok. So Someone explained that to me. Where on one platform it's got one hundred sixty thousand, the other it's got twenty. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know what to what to make of that. But um, they don't like cheese on their fries on TikTok. Okay, Mark, it's super yeah. fucking up. 
it's probably all those people who thought that you were serving to a customer. Like, I ah, forget them. They're serving that kind of food. I'm not going there. Maybe. I mean, Gen Z is like, we don't like gimmicks. Yeah. I don't know. But we'll, we're, we'll, we'll keep working on it. I mean, there's so many things we can do. It, it's 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 a fun puzzle to, to figure out all the time. When's the next restaurant open for you guys? Ooh, that's a good question. So we have sort of one and a half eggs baking. That's a, that's a weird metaphor <laughs> but uh we're so we're soma right now is doing a lot of takeout and delivery volume yep. and the the crew has expanded to essentially make it a pizza factory so we don't have place for guests inside right now so we're taking over the space next door when our other tenant leaves we're going to build that out into a takeout and delivery restaurant and then take our first side and renovate it to be open for dine-in. Oh, nice. And then we have another shop that we're working on that we're still sort of in the final contracting phases. But if all goes well, that someone build out will happen in February and that other space will happen about three months later. Nice. Uh, to give us a chance to catch our breaths, breaths, hopefully. That's cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Couldn't have done it without the Instagram. <laughs> That's awesome. You guys seem like you're doing a great job. Where can people go check you out? And I, uh, the pepperoni posse again to give everybody some information about that before we wrap it up here. Uh, Pepperoniposse.com. I will quickly rattle through the pizzeria. Yeah, name them out. Pizzeria Delfina in San Francisco. Fioria, Fiorella Italian in San Francisco. Cellar Maker House of Pizza also does Detroit style in San Francisco. Sunset Squares. They're doing New York Tavern and Detroit style, all sourdough. San Francisco. Then we got um, Oak and Rye in Santa Cruz. We got State of Mind Pub and State of Mind Slice House uh, in, I think, Palo Alto and yeah. Los Altos. Leah, Pizza Leah in Windsor. Uh, Slice Project in Watsonville. Uh, Little Oven in Merced. Evolution Bake in Oakland. Scotty's Pizza in Portland. We've got 24th and Meatballs in Portland. And we got Damn Fine Pizza Co. in San Francisco. And if I forgot anybody, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that's a cool. That's a cool list. It is very um, cool. I know a few of those pizzerias too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a cool list. And it's it's been awesome to to get them all together and to get everybody. We we've had folks on other podcasts, and hopefully you can talk to them all, Bruce, because they're they're all unique in their own way. Like Sunset Squares is now all in on like NFTs and selling art as part of their. their I'm in on that. I want to talk to that person. Who was that again? Dennis Lee. I'm Dennis fascinated Lee. with NFTs. I'm fascinated yeah. with crypto and NFTs and how we can leverage that in the pizza community. Yeah, talk to him. He's him and his brother, our uh, brothers, maybe uh, are all in on that, and they they have a great story too. They're they're like restaurant lifers, so um, neat neat folks to talk to. So, and if when is this again? So if this podcast is going to come out right now, like as soon as we get done, I'm going to edit it and we're going to put it out there. So nice. when, when is this Pepperoni Posse Pizza Day? So it's ha so the officially pepperoni pizza day is the twentieth okay. on Monday. We're going to be donating ten percent of sales to Food Shift. Delfina is joining us in that. Fiorella is joining us in that. Evolution Bake is, and one more I'm forgetting. So I'm sorry, but Food Shift. Um, and then that's happening on the twentieth. So any pepperoni pizza you purchase from any of those places on the twentieth, the the proceeds from that are going to go okay. to Food Shift. And this is going to be something you guys are going to do every year, right? Ideally, and and you know, hopefully, there's other things. I'd love, I'd love to. I'm going to email everybody after this event and kind of recap what we've raised and things like that. But would love to open the floor to the other members and see, hey, what what else could we collaborate on? But yes, at, at the very least, this will happen every year, and hopefully, there'll be 
some East Coast involvement and some Midwest involvement, and we'll get a whole whole team on there. But the 20th is the day. Some restaurants like Scotty's and I know Evolution Bake, they don't operate on Monday. Okay. So they're doing like Saturday, Sunday. So you can visit those places on Saturday and Sunday. All the information about who's doing what when is on the website. Cool. All right, guys. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you and catching up with you. Sounds super cool. Pepperoniposse.com. Is that the website? That's right. All right. Excellent. Um, where can people go find you guys online if they want to go check you out? I know we shared your Instagram already, but is that the best place to go? Or do you guys have like Dan at squarepieguys.com? Is that an email? <laughs> I'll beat that out if it's not the right email. I'm, I'm Dan at squarepieguys. <laughs> okay. Mark is Mark. M-A-R-C. He's a C. He's a C cool. Mark. At squarepieguys.com. All right. Thank you guys so much. Don't hang up yet, but Thanks, it was Bruce. awesome having you guys on the podcast again. Thank you, Bruce. Thanks for having us. Thank you to Danny and Mark for joining me on the podcast. Go check them out, Square Pie Guys on Instagram, squarepieguys.com. And if you want some information about what they're doing with the pepperoni posse for Pepperoni Pizza Day, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. We'll link up everything for you there. So if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, head over to Smart Pizza Marketing. You know what? If you're listening to this podcast whenever you are, if, it, if you're past pepperoni pizza day or not, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. We'll link up everything for you there. You can get involved next year and do some good work in your community. Give back to the folks who need it. That's what it's all about. You know, being in business is fantastic, but being happy and giving back to people who need it and who have supported you over the years, that's the real great part about being an entrepreneur and being a business owner. So get involved. Get involved with your community, even if you don't do anything with pepperoni pizza day. Let me know if I can help you, if I can give you a suggestion or help you with anything. Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com is my email, like we mentioned in this podcast. Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Irving and also at smartpizzamarketing on Instagram. Shoot me a direct message. Let me know if you listen to this podcast or share it on Instagram. I would love to share it on our stories. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.